One Team Media. I just have a very hard time expressing my emotions and I can't stop from yelling. So I'm very sorry, I don't mean to offend you, but I'm not gonna stop yelling. Eat it nation, baby. I'm in a good mood to podcast tonight, boys. Talking about Lynn Bowden right now, so why the hell do I care about Anaya Smith right now? Because I have an opinion and I said it. Alrighty, guys, for those of you listening in, uh, today is June 10th. A&M just introduced their new head baseball coach in Jim Sloshnagel. We will be having on Halen Green, the All-American closer from TCU the past two years. And uh, he's going to give us an insight as to what kind of man and coach A&M is getting. And then we're going to have Gandy and Woody hosting with us today. For those of you that are new, Gandy is a former Texas A&M baseball pitcher. We interviewed him a couple weeks ago kind of hit it off and now we're partnering up with him and Southern Wing Shooters. So we got some hats and hoodies from them that we'll probably be giving out as we go further into this deal. But as far as that goes, uh, I'm pretty damn excited. I don't know about you, Woody. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Time to, yeah, hey, what, what's the old saying? If you can't beat them, join them, right? Or hire them. Hire them. Money with them. Who gives a shit? Let's go. Um, I mean, I feel like everybody knows at this point that I'm the baseball guy. This was always the dream. There were two people, two coaches that if you hired them, there there can be zero complaints. There can be nothing. We got the guy if you get one of these two guys. Yeah. And it was Tim Tadlock. We forced Tech to give him a lifetime contract, which is absurd. We haven't gone into that, but insane. Shouldn't happen. If Nick Saban doesn't have a lifetime contract, nobody should. And... He's 50 years old. It's like the whole saying of like, either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. That's going to be Tadlock. That's going to be Tadlock. Like, period. Schloss was Um, headed there too, to be honest. See, I disagree. I disagree completely. People say that, and it's kind of like, it's very similar to the Jimbo situation, right? Where, yeah, they can say that they didn't want him. They can say, oh yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was, he was heading downhill. Number one, he's only 52. People act like he's 60. That's not that old. He's right in the same age group as Rob Childers. Number two, he just won 41 games this year. Now, he lost in his regional. That's called baseball. Shit happens. But the dude is still at the top of his game. And I promise you it's going to end up the same way the Jimbo hire did, right? Florida State was saying, oh, good. We get a breath of fresh air. We get Willie Taggart. I mean... TCU is in no position. I mean, come, that's no, no TCU, no. It, no I'm saying Taggart. Taggart is an all-time garbage hire. Yeah, no, no. It, he was, but it's the same idea though of TCU. All of a sudden, has this false self-confidence in themselves of, well, we're a baseball program. We'll go get whoever we need, and this is just a machine. It's going to keep running. They were one of the laughing stocks of Division One baseball before Schloss got there. Like, they were a joke. Assistant coaches were turning down head coaching jobs at TCU. And now they're acting like it. Like some people, a lot of them, to their credit, are saying, yeah, that's huge. We lost the greatest coach we've ever had. 
But the people saying, oh, it's not a big deal. We'll find the next guy and keep running. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. If you saw all the outreach on Twitter, like the Sanjak baseball coach, what are you saying? Schloss, so pumped for you. Can't wait to send all my guys to you. Hey. Like, you think the Sanjak coach gives a shit if he's at TCU or AM? No. Hey, you want to give uh, everybody a heads up as to why that's a big ass deal? Because they're the best JUCO program in Texas. It's absurd. So, like, so for those of you that are, shout out to Redman Koozie, but for those of you that are of his age, they are kind of what Rice was perceived in baseball for the JUCO. I mean, one of the prestigious hell, ones here. He can talk right? on San Jack baseball when he gets on all day. Yeah. He covered them in his last book. But for those that, like, the way San Jack does it, it's insane. They, they get 60 some odd kids to come play baseball for them every year. And then they just cut two thirds of them after fall practice. Mm-hmm. And they say, sorry, it didn't work. And they yeah. still get 60 every year. It's insane. So joining us now is former Texas intern and current I guess author Heath Clary. He's got a book about San Jack and a book about the 2019 Texas A&M team. He's gonna drop on and give us his input on what he thinks of the Schloss hire, and and also give us his thoughts about Coach Childress since we haven't talked to him since that all went down. What are your <laughs> lasting uh, memories of Coach Childress, and and kind of just reflect on that before we hop into the new hire? Yeah. So lasting memories of Coach Childress, obviously, really love the man. Uh, great man, uh, really treated the players well, ran a clean program, um, but he did a lot of winning. I think a lot of that gets kind of pushed under the rug uh, because he, he wasn't able to have that deep postseason College World Series run that, that we wanted, that he wanted. Trust me, nobody wanted it more than him. Uh, so, of course, I was sad to see him go, but really thankful for the 16 years that he gave the program. I was glad that uh, he was the head coach when I went through Texas A&M, uh, even though I didn't play for him. Uh, just a great guy, and uh, really think that he built a solid foundation that uh, Coach Sloshnagel is going to be able to build on. Out, out of all the years that you remember following the team, what is your top three memories from that, from games, memories, or just moments with him at the helm? From when I was a student, I would say just the the 2016 team. Um, Greatest team you ever had. Yeah, yeah, best team A&M's ever had. Um, I would say um, if I had to pick one memory, obviously the Simons no hitter was a oh, big yeah. one. I was, I was in attendance there as a fan in the stands. Um, but also that, that regional was pretty special. Uh, I think they put up 20 something runs in, in a game against Wake Forest. Was um, that the one with Cal? No, that was 15. No, that was 15. Okay. 15. Okay. Yeah, that was 15, but uh, they put up uh, 22 runs against Wake Forest or something like that. Um, and then even that super regional, even though we did lose, that was just such a high stakes, pressure packed uh, environment. I was at all three games um, in this in the stadium. Uh, just a real heavyweight fight. I thought one of those teams could have won the national championship, but they had to meet in the super regionals, and that was a tough blow. Uh, I think maybe the, uh, the the selection show, not to mention bullshit, may have put us. Uh, should have had us hosting uh, because of the season we had, but that 2016 team was a great memory. 
Uh, second, I would say just getting the, the pleasure to watch Asa Lacey pitch. Um, just all pretty much all of his starts, to be honest. You had a front row um, show to him, right? I, I did. Yeah, I was in the dugout for, for most of his in his uh, sophomore year. Uh, so his last full season at AM where he really jumped on the map, developed himself as an elite pitching prospect. Uh, and then third would probably be when I got to see them in Omaha in 2017. Um, that, and that wasn't, that wasn't even one of their best teams, I didn't think. But no. they, they had a good mix of, of freshmen who, who played their best baseball of their careers, honestly, as freshmen, uh, mixed with some experienced role players like Walker Pennington, who I love. And uh, so that, that those are probably the three memories. Just getting to see those boys in Omaha uh, was pretty special. Walker Pennington's streak that he had in 2017 is why the game of baseball is so amazing. Because wasn't he crazy as uh, George Yoncha? No, it's not a no. George Yoncha never had a streak. No, Um, he was the one that was struggling so bad, and then he kept coming up with all these clutch hits in the SEC tournament and the regional. And I was gonna say Jonathan Maroney's streak stretch in 2016 at the end of the year was just Mm. out of nowhere, and he became one of the best hitters in the country. Yeah. 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 I mean. That Simon's that whole 2016 season was just incredible, man. Oh my gosh, was that the, that? Uh, that was that year that Nick Banks kept, that kept in home that, runs against Florida, dude. Yep, in the tournament. And I, the, in I was at that. I watched every game in Hoover that year. I got the whole the whole pass, and I watched like 19 games in like five days. Um, oh god, that was awesome. But which was it? 2016 when Barish walked off against Texas? Or was that? It, it was. It was 2016. You, yep. me, and Warshak were at that game. Well, that was – oh, my gosh. What a game. And the best part about that is the guy that we're actually going to have on the podcast here soon is uh, Ryan Hendricks. He was struggling with command that year and blew a three-run lead that inning. But then, like, lead. he blew that three-run lead in the ninth, and you just kind of knew that, like, something was going to happen. Now, reflecting on the past and turning it into looking at the future and the potential that we have with this program, what – uh. What excites you most about Coach Schloss? What's your thoughts on him coming in? I just think it'll be – I think it'll be fresh, you know, when it, when a coach is there, even if, even one as good as Coach Childress. Um, sometimes it's good to, to shake things up. And, and when you get a guy with the, the postseason resume of Coach Schlossnagel, um, that's what excites me most. I mean, it was always so frustrating. I know a lot of A&M fans hate, like, Schloss and TCU, but I always respected him. Uh, I just hated them in the sense that they always found a way to win uh, in the postseason. And uh, that's something that A&M has lacked. And so I just think that the way that he's able to motivate the team, the way he's always able to push the right buttons in big games to lead them to victory is something that will, will be really awesome to watch. Hopefully he can do it wearing maroon instead of purple. Um, but, but just seeing – and I also think he'll bring a new face to recruiting – um, I'm sure he'll have a little bit different strategy of recruiting. Not sure exactly what that is yet, um, but uh, really just excited to see the recruiting and hopefully the postseason success um, with the new regime. One thing I will say that I think we'll notice right away, um, and it's the thing I've always admired most about Schloss, is his ability to convince people to come to school. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm going to ask Kalen when he gets on later. He has an ability to convince people to come to school and not and forego the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you look at some really, really high-end talent, like Nick Lodolo left 
or didn't go to didn't go to the MLB and was a first round pick, right? And decided to come to TCU. Yeah. Luke and Baker could have been a first round pick if he hadn't been so strong into his commitment. People like that. And there's just there's always one or two every year that people say, why the hell is he coming to school? And he does. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to see if he can continue that at A and M. Yeah, he actually touched on that in the press conference today that he gave. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. What do you say? Just that uh, you know, there's kind of two parts of uh, recruiting as a college baseball coach. First, you got to get them. Uh, you're competing against every other college baseball program, uh, and so you want him to sign on dotted line for you. But then, if they're good enough, second half of that is you got to convince them to come to you instead of going professionally. Um, and I think a great question that I think he asked, and I know Seeley would ask it as well, the recruiting coordinator who I got to know pretty well. It's like, do you want to play professionally or do you want to play in the big leagues? Just, you know, you ask him that. And if you want to play professionally, that you know, minor leaguer, just sign right away, right? You're in the yep. minors already. Uh, but if you want to play in the big leagues, come play in the SEC. Your stat, your, your percentages, your probabilities of, you know, going not only going to the major leagues but being a stud, go up uh, exponentially just playing the SEC. So I think that's, you know, I, I think Schloss could, should continue to do that. And he's such a, he's such a good salesman too. Uh, that's yeah. something to just, if you sit across from that guy, uh, he just like the, the vibes he gives off, he's a smooth talker, really friendly. And I think that is going to serve him well in the recruiting trail, especially when he has a program like A&M to sell. Yeah, absolutely. What, you know, so I guess you've had conversations with Seeley and Childress. Do you think that part of the reason they didn't have as much success with that second half of the recruiting pitch, do you think they have a situation where they're more likely to be, hey, that's a lot of money, like we want you here, but like they're not going to try to stand in the way of a kid trying to tra- chase his dreams right away? Or, uh, Yeah, I think that's some, that's some of it. Um, but – they also had just some bad luck. I mean, some of the guys that they signed weren't when they signed them, like as freshmen and sophomores, they weren't even projected to be that high. Um, Grayson Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez is the one, but then there's the other guy from one of the Houston schools. I can't think of his name. There was two Thompson oh, and something else. Hard throwing righty went to Boston. Yeah, that guy, one of those guys, there was two from the same school. Thompson and something else. And yeah, I remember those two. One of those guys just exploded. And I mean, you can't predict that. Right. And so it'd be one thing if, if A&M was just trying to sign every single five-star caliber, you know? Um, But I think they had some bad luck. Um, And when you recruit, listen, even Schloss has some guys who don't go. Right. So if you're, if you're recruiting elite guys, you kind of just build that into the, the formula, I think. Um, and you just have to try to keep as many as you can. But I think that's a better problem to have losing a few than not getting any to commit in the first place. Yep, absolutely. No, Grayson Rodriguez is one that just always sticks out to me because he's a top 20 prospect in the league now. And obviously he made the right choice, right? He's absolutely dominating. He's going to get called up at some point this year. Right. But and then you know, when he, I think, you know, he's a junior, he all of a sudden starts throwing in the high 90s. Uh, that's when uh, Seeley starts having some some problems. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I remember Grayson Rodriguez. He wasn't even projected. He, people were saying, you know, he's probably coming to a And He's not projected in the first three rounds or so. Mm-hmm. And the Orioles 
went after him in the first round. And at that point you knew, right? Yeah. I, I think once his, I think for him, once his senior year was here, like they kind of knew his, his, and then that, that Naylor kid too was a catcher from Canada. Oh yeah. We uh, knew Bo we would Naylor, never get that Josh Naylor, their brothers. I don't remember yeah. this one. Bo is his brother. Josh is the, yeah. or no, Bo is the one who committed to us, but yeah. Yeah. We knew he, we were not getting that. Left no, that was catcher. obvious. And there was a, there was a shortstop from Canada too, that we knew there was no chance at. Correct. Hall, um, then, something Hall. Yep, that's correct. Adam Hall, I think. Um, yeah. But and then you know there there, there was several. I mean, um, in this just in the whole Childress era, there was several who we didn't get to see. Have you all heard of Clayton Kershaw? <laughs> well, I didn't. A, I I knew that I knew his story, but I didn't know he was a Childress guy. Yeah. So let me try to think. There's K- Kershaw. There was Zach Britton was yep. in his first recruiting class. Uh, Will Middlebrooks, I believe, yep. was an AM commit. That's correct. Um, Shelby Miller, I know, was That's an AM correct. commit. Chris Paddock was correct. an AM commit. Um, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some. Uh, the one that drives all the football guys crazy is Cole Stewart because they kept thinking he was going to come back to campus yep. at some point. Yeah. Yep. Um, look, look at that. There's six big leaguers right there. Yeah. And <laughs> not just big leaguers, right? Like we're talking about. <laughs> A handful of all stars <laughs> and one Hall of Fame. And a Hall of Famer first ballot. Yeah, Clinton Kershaw was never coming to AM. Like, Correct. He committed. That was a backup player. That's because his girlfriend. That's because his yeah. girlfriend at the time, now wife, was going now to wife. I am actually uh, good, very good family friends with his wife's aunt and uncle. Really? Yep. So when can we expect Clayton on the show? <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. When it comes to Sloss. Right, we've talked a lot about him, but if you could pick one thing that you're most excited for, just a difference, right? Like, we're making this change for a change. What's the biggest difference that you're excited to see? Childers to Schloss. Probably what they'll be able to accomplish offensively. Um, even though Schloss, like Childers, is a pitching guy and he's a pitching coach by trade. Um, and I'm not sure if it's the assistant coach. I know they brought in Maziello a few years ago that really jumped, jump-started them. But TCU always finds a way to score runs. Um, and I think that was what held A&M back several years. Several of those years, had they been better offensively, coupled with their elite pitching, they would have gone a lot farther, right? So if Schlossenegel is able to, one, bring in a really good hitting coach, which I think he will do, and two, start recruiting – more hitters. Um, I think when you when you add those two things up, you're going to get a much better offense. And you know Schloss is going to have good pitching. And so just as far as getting more stability, uh, more production offensively, I think is something to keep an eye on. Yep, absolutely. And it'd be a real bonus if we found a uh, hitting coach that doesn't love bunting. That'd be a real uh, be a real bonus. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, actually, Sloss said that today. He said he's not a big fan of the sacrifice bunt. Oh, did everybody whoop? God. Did everybody whoop when he said that? Or that was uh, the they, press conference, probably. Uh, it was in the press conference. Yeah, okay, so just yeah. the uh, the esteemed A so, and media was there. <laughs> yeah, the esteemed A and media. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we need to talk about Garrett Cole. Did y'all see the video of when they asked Garrett Cole whether he uses the spider tech or not? Yeah, I mean, he definitely did. My, he what did he say? My my group or my people can't comment on that. No, no, he said I I'm not real sure how to answer that question. I mean, 
there are customs and practices that have been passed down from older players to younger players from the last generation of players to this generation of players and I'll let Heath give us his opinion on what's going on with that and then we'll get the uh, guy that probably used it to tell us about it. <laughs> uh, I, I think I definitely have to take Josh Donaldson's side on this one. Um, I think I, I'm sure pitchers uh, are using that stuff. Um, and I like that he had the courage to call it out, but I also like Garrett Cole. I mean, he should, he struck him out twice the next day. So, I mean, if they're going to allow it, why wouldn't the pitchers do it? Right. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I've also heard hitters. I, I think Bryce Harper said a couple of years back, like, if, if that's what it takes for the pitchers to know where the ball's going, like, let them use it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's using it. Like, it's not – like – It's nothing new. Since the dawn of baseball, they've been trying to do different shit, and now they've just perfected it. That's all it is. Like – Yeah. I mean, the people – stuff like you said since the start of baseball and you know with all the social media and everyone you got a lot more eyes on you a lot more cameras uh i personally i never used it i did have pine tar on my glove every game but i would put it right in the very end of it so i could smell it because i love the smell like i was with <laughs> but a lot the guys that that use stuff that i saw through college and mainly in minor leagues and pro ball was guys that sweated a shit ton. Yeah. And that was the only, now me, I hated stuff on my hands and I, I, and my hands never got so sweaty. Like my hands never got sweaty. Mm -hmm. I never had that problem, but I, I'd say probably 85 to 90% of the guys that I saw that would put stuff, you know, on the back of their head or in their glove or somewhere um, was cause they were always dripping sweat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, like, you know, yeah. If I was a hitter, I'd be, I'd probably call a guy out on it too, but at the same time, they've been doing it, you know, since the yeah. – I mean, Phil Necro had a fucking nail file in his back pocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> we act like this shit is new. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why everyone is trying to make it seem like, oh, my God, it's so bad right now. No, it's been bad forever. The pitchers have just perfected it, right? So I think they need to find something better than rosin because that shit doesn't work for the sweat. They need to find a middle ground somewhere between putting that spider tech shit on their hands mm -hmm. and rosin, right? Because at one point, rosin wasn't legal. Yeah. So they've got to find a middle ground where these pitchers can get a grip and know where the ball is going, but also not have a league batting average of 238. Because that's not fun to watch. Right. No, I agree. I agree with you 100 percent there. Gandy, like you probably have a better insight into this, but they keep uh, lowering the height the seam, on, the the on the laces. The right? seams, yeah. That's got to make a difference for pitchers, right? You use oh, those seams. 100. percent I mean, to, to get the action on the pitches. So 100. percent I mean, it, there's a huge difference from from college to you know pro ball. Like it is completely, and you know some college summer balls, summer ball leagues. You know they move to playing with, you know minor league balls, but then big league balls are still a little different than double A AA and triple A balls. Right. But I mean, it's hard to tell. Like if you hold both of them, but like right now they're they're pretty much just a solid ball. You can't even really feel seams once it's worn. You know, and the guys that put it in the mud, 
And uh, but yeah, it makes a huge difference on the off-speed pitches. Yeah, especially I mean, you're talking about such a finite difference, but it makes every bit of difference when that pitch goes. I mean, if you get half an inch more break, that's the difference between a home run and a strikeout, right? Like it's a huge thing. Drafted, you go through media classes and he clearly skipped them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just say no. Just just say no. It's a yes or no question. Just say no. I was and then and then I would have said something stupid. If I freaked out, I would have said something stupid. Well, then they asked Aaron Boone, the Yankees head coach. They were like, What uh, you know, do you guys monitor this in the dug in the clubhouse or anything? He says. We uh we certainly tell them not to do it, but we certainly don't go looking for it. We're not in a position to do that. Again, just say yeah. We monitor that shit. Like, it, like you, if you remember, man, this was probably ten years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that. You know, the big thing was the cork bats, and now it's the pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was more than 10 I mean, years ago, you old ass. There Sammy. was the big – well, no, I mean, that was Sammy Sosa. Day, Sammy Sosa? That's, I, that was Sammy Sosa's dumbass had a court yeah, bat like in an all-star game, and he was like – it was the first time, I swear. Yeah. I swear. It was the first time. It was the all-star game. I just wanted to try it. Oh, God, I wish James was on here. His whole – he goes – every time we talk about Sammy Sosa and the court bat at the all-star game, he'll go on a 10-minute rant mm-hmm. just saying the same kind of shit. Like, um, No, I mean – it's it's the ebbs and flows of the game, right? I mean, there was the steroid era, the the steroid and the cork bats and everything, and then you move to the complete opposite end when guys are hitting three thirty, and we have more strikeouts than hits right now in the in the league. Aylin just texted me. He's uh, so he said, uh, "I just got home. Are you on?" I said, "Yeah, just get the email." So okay. I didn't know Aylin uh, got nominated for Stopper of the Year today. I didn't see that. I saw that, that he was all American again. Yeah, I just saw him strike out the side or strike out the he last. Junior or a senior? He's a senior, I think. Yeah, he came back. He's a senior. Okay, but he's been uh, another guy that Schloss recruited to come back that probably could have yep. gone. Yeah, he. Well, I mean, with a five round draft and a reliever, it might have been tough. That yeah. was the problem: is a five round draft. And he was all American last year, but yeah, I mean. Do teams want to spend one of their five picks on a reliever? That's just it's tough. Yeah, depends on what they think. Oh man! All right, so Gandy, do you got uh, any good stories from your guys at work this week? That like what the fuck moments? I got a lot of those. I mean, today I showed up, and so my my job right now is I punch units. So I go through them and I fix all the little nick nicks and nacks. Till we hand them over to management, or I, and I tell the subs, you know, the drywallers, the painters, the plumbers, oh, well, shit, they got to fix. I showed up to the building today. Yesterday it was good. Today, all the toilet seats gone. <laughs> <laughs> they steal. They steal anything. <laughs> toilet seat. Um. Oh. I went to Home Depot and bought 48 toilet seats. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Walking tomorrow, like, that, like, I bought Home Depot out, and they're like, sir, these are not all the same kind. I was like, I'm a I don't give a shit. <laughs>
two. Got him looking. And Green finishes him off with two aboard in the ninth. Guys, time to welcome in another guest, Halen Green of TCU. He just finished up his season, I guess, last weekend. Halen, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me, boys. Yeah, I appreciate it. Woody, you want to start off some questions? And I'll sure. let you go first this time. So um, I'll just jump right into it, man. I mean, uh, we're all Aggies here. You know, yep. you probably hate to see it, but uh, nah. initial reaction, Slosh, what do you think? I mean, you played for him, so what do you got? Um, yeah, it was definitely – uh a shock just because we know the history between tcu and AM. right and between the uh personal conversations that we've had um it just seemed like he was ready for something new and he said you know he would, he said he wanted it to be as far away from fort worth as possible but it just happened to be a m and he said he wasn't really taking you no know, better job he wasn't looking for a better team he was just looking for something new um, while he's young and he can do it. So, I mean, that was kind of his, you know, drive behind what he's doing. So I respect yeah. it. So when did y'all yeah. find out? We found out, um, I guess when the, when the news drops, when was that yesterday or Tuesday Tuesday, night? Tuesday, Tuesday night. at midnight. Yeah. yeah. Tuesday and night. a few of us had had a meeting with him before that, before that day, um, it was on Monday, just kind of saying, Pretty much because the news had been out. We kind of knew there was an idea of it, and he just wanted to sit down with um, the eight seniors that were on the team, and he kind of broke it down for us and said, you know, there's a possibility that I might leave, and I want to let y'all know. And we talked for about 30 minutes, and he never said he was leaving, but we all kind of left with the notion of, okay, like, he's going to accept the job. So Yeah. Okay. Um, real quick. Oh, and then normally we go well, – I fucked up. I knew I did that. Tell us about yourself, your journey, kind of how you got to TCU and what's next now that the season's over and, and what you're doing right now. All right, so I uh, was at TCU for five years, five seasons. Um, started off, you know, pretty average. Had a pretty uh, – actually got into – when I got into the program, they were preseason number one. Uh, we were number one for probably about a month or two. And it was just one of those teams where we know we, we knew we were going to Omaha. So I was blessed to even be a part of that group because uh, we returned everybody from the year before. So the lineup was stacked, pitching staff was stacked. It was just really fun to be a part of and to be on that journey. Obviously, if you know anything about our next two seasons, they were not <laughs> they were not <laughs> good. They were not glorious. It was definitely walking to a program saying, wow, this is what college baseball looks like, Omaha. And then you really got the taste of the next two seasons of, no, this is the college baseball grind. So, <laughs> yeah. Actually really good to be a part of that. Um, 2020 season, you know, we had COVID and then this year we got to play a full season. So it's been a good ride. I ended up progressing, getting better as I went on. So that was good. I got a new arm slot, um, you know, pitched my way into back-to-back All-American years. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, just fresh off a season, so right now it's just getting ready for hopefully get my name called in the draft. What were you yeah. gonna say, Andy? I was gonna say congrats on the the All American stuff. And yeah, then- let's go. Yeah, you fucking go, dude. Let's go. Yeah. 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 When you came, so 
these two guys, they kind of understand everything with baseball. One of them played and one of them follows it like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of your average fan. Coming into TCU, did you know that the bullpen was where you were headed? Or was it like, what was, how does that, how do you end up in the closer role? Um, well, out of high school, I'll go, I'll, I'll go back to high school. Um, had quite a few offers, but I wanted to stay in Texas. So it actually came down to, I was either going to A&M or I was going to TCU mm-hmm. and kind of came down to the two visits and I took them back to back days. So I actually visited TCU, say on a Monday, they're like, you know, who else are you talking to? Where else are you going? I was like, I actually, have, I'm going to college station tomorrow. They're like, okay, that's really good. Uh, so they gave it, they gave me the, you know, the whole tour and said, let us know what you think tomorrow and you can compare it to A&M. So I did. And I was actually, uh, Tyler Selvafield, Gandy's brother, was uh, there when I was doing my mm-hmm. visit to AM. And so he walked me around the facilities with all the coaches, a lot of fun. But when it came down to it, I just felt like TCU really gave me a good offer and I felt AM kind of lowballed me. So um, I kind of stayed open for the next couple of weeks and then ended up committing as a two way to TCU. Okay. So when I got there, I was actually doing both. Um, but I walked into a program that had eight seniors, all of them, uh, or eight outfielders, all veteran. So there was like, you know, I'm not going to hit in this lineup. They're like, you know, go do your thing pitching. We'll reevaluate it next year and you'll get your shot. Had a pretty good freshman year. Um, and then we just kind of stuck to pitching and that's just kind of how it went. When you say got the better offers that the scholarship percentage. Yeah. Scholarship wise. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure you're not rolling in the dough without telling us. <laughs> We're about to get some NCAA sanctions because Schloss is getting away from TCU and now he's- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I was uh so last night at, at my one one of my little practices, one, one of the dads were talking about and they, they were asking about it. And I actually talked to Coach Childress yesterday. We were just kind of catching up, bullshitting around. And uh and then I went to practice. Well, they were like, so ask me, what do you, what do you think Rob's going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't have balls to ask him. And, uh, I'm probably going to chill at least one year because, you know, Max, his son, is a senior in high yeah. school. And then uh, and they were asking me, they're like, do you, so what do you think Slosh is going to do, like, with the guys on the team? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've never been on a team where a completely new coach comes in and new, new whole staff. And, yeah. and I completely forgot. But the transfer portal thing, yeah, the, the whole team could up and leave tomorrow. Yeah, so so there's no penalty. Like TCU team, it, it potentially could come up and go to College Station if yeah. they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we already saw a lot of A and M players enter the transfer portal as soon as you know everything broke with Childers. Yeah, and really, I mean, quite fr- yeah, I mean, quite frankly. It's probably good. I mean, getting the culture. I mean, if you watch the last couple of years of AM baseball, it I don't know. I felt like the culture had declined and declined ever since that, that 2016 class left. All the seniors. I mean, hell, you might have played against them, right? Mm-hmm. Um was your freshman year the super regional in college station or did you that, no, was, that your, was that was senior year um, of high school? Yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Um so I mean, we'll see. The transfer portal is wide open, though. It's it's gonna be crazy. I mean, what what I'll say from what I know with Coach Slosh is, he's I think it's definitely gonna be be a big culture shock to AM. 
just mm-hmm. because of I know what kind of coach he is. I don't I don't know anything about Coach Childress, but I just know how Coach Sosh is and the things like we've heard between programs. And if he brings in what we do and like what he does best and applies it to them, I think it's going to be um, a little different for a lot of guys who decide to stay. But I mean, the guy knows what he's doing, so. Yeah, from from what I've heard is you can't be a cupcake and stay in right. his program. Can't be soft. Yeah. So, I, my, my uncle came in here today, and uh, his his son, so my cousin, plays at Blinn and is going to Lafayette. And he said, uh, Dylan said that guy's kind of a uh, kind of an asshole. And I was like, Good, I'm tired of these soft ass <laughs> boys. Yeah, I mean, you either um, love him or you hate him, and there's really no in between with yeah. Coach Slosh. Well, I know I hated him for a little while, but <laughs> um, I mean, you just keep grinding through it. That's how you know some people were for college for Coach Childers. But everyone I've talked to about Coach Slosh, and I haven't even asked Kalen, but you know my buddies that have my other buddies that have played there, they love him. You know, like Rex, Dane, Riley, all them boys, they love him. Which they all had, you know, success there. Derek Odell, he he come in my wedding. You know, they all loved him. Yeah. Um, I, I think if you – it's one of those deals, if you can make it through that tough love part where he's breaking yeah. you down, he's going to build you back up and that bond will be unbreakable kind of deal. Is that – would you agree that's kind of how it went? Or? Oh, yeah, I would absolutely agree. Because um, I know with me, my first two years, I was kind of a knucklehead. I just kind of was there doing me. But when I really yeah. dove into the culture of the team and, you know, bought into everything that he said, you really see, like, how great of a – businessman he is how well he handles everything that goes within our program and he's actually a brilliant mind the guy's got a brilliant mind on him so um i don't know if y'all know heath uh wrote a book fought around a&m's team in 2019 wrote a book about it uh heath would you say that the culture got a little softer from like 2016 to 2019 like at a&m I think it was, I think it just depends on the, like the leaders on the team, the players. Um, so I don't think it was as much coming from the coaches, uh, but just from the the players, you know, if, I mean, just look at that freshman class in 2017, they went to Omaha, right? When you go to Omaha as a freshman and you have a great year, I think maybe think the motivation, shit don't stink. <laughs> I think the motivation may have decreased a little bit, um, yeah. but they had a hell of a team in 2019. They just couldn't hit. Yeah. Um, and so... Well, yeah. What's that old saying? If we could just hit the ball, we'd score some runs. Yeah. Um, so you talked about your arm slot. Was that was that a sort of loose thing? I mean, we've all yeah. heard amazing things about that guy. He's probably going to be a head coach somewhere, maybe TCU. Soon. Yeah, hopefully TCU. Do the right um, thing. Yeah. Was that his doing, just fixing your arm, arm slot? Yes. Yeah, so it was pretty much uh, my junior season. I was a starter at a uh, uh, midweek starter at the time, and we just come off a Sam Houston game where I just got absolutely landed on, and we're like, "Dude, we need to <laughs> we need to figure something out, like maybe a curveball, you know, try something different." <laughs> so we're at the uh, Houston Classic, and we're playing that yep, tournament, yep. and um, it's my bullpen day. You got to start on Tuesday. Walk into the bullpen, he's like, "You ever thrown sidearm?" And I'm like. <laughs> What? He's like, you know, you ever you ever tried to throw sidearm? Like, you know, find some deception. Ooh. I'm like, yeah, mess with it. I'll be like just messing around. He's like, let's yeah. try it. I did it. It was nasty. We're like, let's just, <laughs> you know, we got nothing else to lose. Let's just go into the Tuesday start and let's get after it. So went in. I wasn't really feeling comfortable with it. Ended up going like five shutty. 
that uh, left. <laughs> he's like, I think we found it. So we just went to work from there. And just That's awesome. So better. you think they were getting a good look at the bulb way too early from the other arm slot? Or? I don't. I don't know what it was. I mean, I was a lefty throwing eighty-seven to ninety slider changeup. I mean, I, third time to the lineup is pretty easy to pick up on it. But once I got a uh, new arm slot, it's just I had I got my back all the way turned, come from the side, slinging cross angle. It just changed a lot of what I could do once I figured out the fastball was easy to figure it out. Um, but once I figured out my slider, that's when it's pretty much game. Yeah, up. little Josh Hader action. Yeah, yes. a lot of fun. Hey, so obviously we're a bunch of Aggies. How much? And so like this is your chance to get it off your chest. How much do you fucking hate the Longhorns? <laughs> I fucking hate the Longhorns. <laughs> <laughs> the last time he pitched against them. Yeah. What? Last time I pitched game? against them, yeah, it was actually really good. I, I said, go, go look at the video last time he pitched against them. Yeah. Oh, shit. yeah I, got a, I got a pretty dope close against them on a Friday, so yeah, pretty cool. Y'all took the series, right? No, they beat us the next two. Oh, Which okay. That's that's because what, what happened is is that one rider put out that thing about how y'all were the kings of Texas and y'all have been or something like that, and ever since then everybody was like this was the jinx because then yeah y'all ended up losing like that Kansas State game and then y'all lost the next two to them or I think I might hate Kansas State more than I hate Texas. Yeah, I was oh, about to say God. way to bring up old wounds, dude. So man. I mean, shit, my bad, dude. My, uh, <laughs> so it was like I I didn't get to watch that game, but was it like. Kansas State, one of those teams that's like not really good, but they talk the shit like they are. Who Kansas? Kansas Yeah, Kansas State. Kansas State. That was kind of the vibe I got from them watching the Big Twelve tourney. Their last three weeks of season, they were undeniably one of the best teams in the country, like hitting wise, and like they were hard to beat. And we played them six games in a week, six games in two weeks, something like that. Yeah, it was crazy. We were like, God, why are we playing these? Can't get away from these assholes. We were in the tournament. We had just beat uh, Texas Tech. Got to play the winner of Tech in Kansas State the next day. And we're honestly like, we would rather play Texas Tech right now. <laughs> We'd rather play the national Kansas seed State. than these guys that won't make the tournament. Yeah, like we want to play Tech. Like get us away from Kansas State. And then Kansas State beat Tech. We're like, here we go. And it was close <laughs> to like a seventh. But I think we scored like seven runs or something like that to run Willem to get them to go home, which – yeah. Was good. About time. <laughs> what, yeah. uh, so what's the? Ahead, you're obviously. I mean, you're going to get drafted. You're a two-time All-American, uh, nominated for Stopper of the Year. Um, what's that draft prep look like? Are you working out privately for teams? Are you? You know, what's that? Walk us through that a little bit. Um, I mean, right now it's so I uh, shut down for the next two weeks from throwing wise just to give my body a little rest, but I'm still working out. Um, there's a lot of pro stuff going on with like those workouts for guys. Um, I have not got a call from those, but I, so I think it's like guys who maybe didn't throw as much as scouts thought, giving them, you know, more time to throw, which is, is good for everybody. Um, right now it's just staying that, in the weight room, that's keeping the arm healthy. Great. They already saw him throw. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Where all did you play summer ball at? Did you get to go anywhere cool? I, I actually finessed the system, never went to play. Oh, really? Which, honestly, I regret because I really wish I could have went and played one year. But um, just to, you know, meet new people, get that experience. But freshman year, I ended up uh, – I got some bone spurs removed from my elbow after that season. Uh, sophomore year, I was going to summer ball to play, to uh, become a starter. But I started the last six weeks of the season. So, I was like, slosh, like, yeah. I've been starting. Like, I need a rest. 
uh, junior season, you don't really go play. Um, you don't really go play as a, a June, like leaving yeah. your junior year as a pitcher. So I stayed and worked out. And then last two years, obviously wasn't going to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, I mean, summer ball. I don't know, Gandy. You probably played in summer ball, right? I fucking loved it. Yeah, did you? So I've heard mixed reviews because I mean, we used to go to the Bombers games and get shit faced. Oh yeah, yeah. by the soccer stands. Oh yeah, quarter beer nights. I and we just hand beer. the bullpen. What's I, that? I the the guys down there they would give so like you know you know on summer ball teams you got your D you got D one guys you got JUCO guys oh, you, you got, got them all. Well, we had like three guys from some two NAI schools. I can't remember what they were, but dude, they would get hammered. Every- <laughs> dude, no, we would sit out by those little soccer stands. Yeah, and, and on quarter beer nights, they'd be like, "Y'all got some beer?" Like a fucking quarter, I don't care. And we'd give them beers, and we'd get shit faced together. And then they'd get on the walkie talk. There was one day somebody, he's like, "I'm not throwing." Coach already told me I pitched two days ago. I'm not throwing today. You know, whatever. Blah blah blah. He's fucked up. And oh, I got a story. <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> on the fucking walkie-talkie, he hears—I don't remember his name. Like, Josh, get your cleats on. He's coach. Coach, my 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 arms a little tight. I don't <laughs> I don't think I can throw today. Shut the fuck up and get your cleats on. He's like sitting there trying to tie his shoes. He can't hardly get his cleats on. Oh, Luckily, gosh. he didn't go to the game. He would have killed somebody. <laughs> and you got a uh, bench warmer situation going on there. Oh, it was a great time. We got kicked out a couple of times because we'd show up with a bag of quarters and just get ten beers. And I, I think a lot of it depends on like where you go to. Yeah, like, I mean, when you, if you're in the Cape Cod, like they're so playing ball. Beer. When you're yeah. in fucking Brazos Valley Bombers, they don't give a fuck. Well, <laughs> and that's and that's like the king of that division, right? You could end up in fucking Victoria, Texas, and that would be dog. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. I mean that's where most of, they were all playing, like Victoria. Or I think there's Vic, one other in Vic, like Texarkana, right? Texarkana, yeah, yeah. Victoria's Field's like 125 years old, and <laughs> a locker room that's under the dugout, and it's literally hotter than a sauna in there. Is that that town is like? Sucks. It's it's either really nice and bougie or really fucking trashy. Like there's no in between for Victoria. The Texarkana boys always party fucking hard with yeah, us. That's that beast Texas. Summer ball. Ooh. It's a grind though. I mean the last the last part of the season, it's it's interesting to go to the games because both teams are trying to lose. I want to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> both teams are mad. <laughs> so it turns out to be a good game. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number one memory pitching in college? Um, number one memory. Number one coolest. Not 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 your worst. <laughs> yeah, not the we'll worst. We'll take that one, uh, too, if you forgot yeah, it. Yeah, that one, too. <laughs> I, I'll do both. I don't care. Um, I feel like definitely pitching in Omaha's up there. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah, so I'll walk, I'll walk you through a couple. So, freshman year, um, you know, I'm just – average freshman getting my innings in when I can kind of like a lefty specialist at the point get to postseason and you know it's postseason time you're going to throw your dudes so I didn't touch the mound in a regional or super regional right so I hadn't thrown in a month we get to game one in Omaha against Florida phone rings just sit there chilling Halen, get ready. You're about to go in. I'm like, what? Like, do you know where we are? I haven't thrown in a month. I'm like, all right, here we go. So I'm like warming up, 
And everyone's like, all the kids, if you've ever been at a game, like all the kids like, oh, give me the ball, give me the ball, this and that. I'm like, shut up. I'm trying to throw a strike here <laughs> like, on national television. So warming up. And then I'm like, all right, my time, my time to go in. And it was actually Father's Day. So, and my dad was in the stand. So that was like really cool. Oh, shit. And then I'm running out there. Were y'all, like, were y'all winning or? Um, I think the score was actually pretty close. We ended up losing okay. that game. Um, so I'm running out there and it's like, you would think, okay, this is going to be the most nervous I've ever been. This is, I'm pitching in Omaha, stadium's packed, everyone watched on TV. But like I'm running out there, I'm like, dude, this is badass. Like I wasn't ever thinking, like, oh crap. And you get on the mound, and it's like you're literally throwing 20 feet in front of you. Like the foot, the plate feels like it's 20 feet. You can just put it where you want to. Mm-hmm. So oh, that yeah. that was a confidence booster. So I go out there, I have my one inning of glory. I got like three pop-ups in the infield, something like that. <laughs> got pulled and I was done. That was my Omaha career. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, Did y'all play A and M the next game? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then ended our there. season again for the third straight year. Miles away. I've done that. I said at least you didn't go out there, and the plate felt like two miles away. Yeah, I've been there. That's tough. I've been there. Too. Those days are tough. Skipping <laughs> fastballs, you're like, what am I doing out here? <laughs> In the regional or super regional? Not my freshman year, no. Oh, that's all. That's crazy. Coach, coaches do the weirdest shit, man. Right. The weirdest shit. So, like, I got in a little – I in my freshman year, halfway through the season, and coach was like, you're going to have to work yourself back, yada, yada, yada. Well, got over that, got back on the t- travel squad. He was still giving me tough love. He was like, you ain't pitching, you ain't pitching. I pitched against – I came in against Michigan State, got a save, and then I didn't pitch the last three weekends. I didn't pitch at all. No, the last month I didn't pitch at all, and you know, and we're we and we go we go to the regional at home. There's Ole Miss, Dayton, TCU might have been in it. It was freshman year. We were still in the Big Twelve. Uh, I can't uh, remember. In the are you talking about in the regional? Yeah, yeah. TCU won that. I think right. against Ole, against Ole Miss, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, anyway, fast forward to so we. We, we beat Dayton, lose. Anyway, I don't know what, what our record was, but we're playing – I don't know who we're playing, but if we win, we play Ole Miss. Yeah, it's Before the game, Coach goes – and keep in mind, our number two and three ha- are completely healthy. Yeah, this is 2012, right? Yeah, yeah this is Nathan, yes. Waka, yes. and Stripling. Yes. TCU Waka. ended our season. So, uh, or our number three and Again. four were still good, and, and I thought I was still <laughs> – Coach calls me over in the second inning of the game before it's tied or we're up by one. He goes, how you feel? And I was like, I'm in tennis shoes. And I'm like, I'm good. What's up, coach? He goes, you're starting next game if we win. All right. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go down there and my roommate, Cole Langford, he's like, he's still bitching at you? And I was like, no, actually. I was like, he told me if we win, I'm starting. And everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that just shows you, like, coaches do some random shit. Sometimes. Yeah. All right. Enough fun. Give us your worst mem- memory from TCU. Get into the deep and dirty. Worst memory. Oh, man. Um, That's rough. Yeah, like, performance-wise or – Yeah, game-wise. Yeah, game-wise. Game-wise. Um. I have a memory. Okay, so I'll I'll share two. I'll share two with you. 
All right. One was actually this year. This one was tough this year, but I got one. Uh, so the game before I dropped down side, I remember I was telling y'all I was getting landed on. So we yeah. were at Sam Houston. It was a Tuesday night, and we had, we called this like the fog out game just because everything was so crazy. So I go out there, normal game, first batter guy like has like a swinging bunt. Went over there, field it, throw it to first, and I look, and my first baseman standing like five feet from me. Ball oh, goes <laughs> all the way to the right field line. So that's how the game started. And from then on, dude, it was just talking about hit after hit after hit. Couldn't stop it. Yeah. And so, like, that night, it was, like, really foggy. And it was, like, getting bad. Our coaches complaining. But they're loving it because they've got, like, probably eight runs and less than two innings off of me. And I'm going out there. Please just miss the baseball. Like, I'm throwing fastballs. Regular pop-ups. Our outfielders are doing this. They don't know <laughs> where it is until it hits the ground. Then they're running. And the umpires won't call it. Like, this is going to be a big win for Sam Houston. Yeah. This is their World Series. This is yeah. – yeah. Yeah, like they're playing to That's the max Tuesday as long night. as they can. Like they don't care if anyone gets hurt. Well, I think I got pulled like maybe top of the third. I've given up 10 earned. Like <laughs> it's a bad game. <laughs> and we bring in another reliever, same thing, just hit after hit, run after run. And Slosh is losing his mind. And so finally, like, the, like there's a ball hit to the outfield and no one moved. Like, infielders didn't move outfielders didn't move we all just kind of looked around like didn't know where the ball was and they're like yeah this is bad like we had to call the game so how bad it was actually turned out really good because they canceled the game didn't go on my stats (laughs) oh shit and then that was the next week i threw side on figured it out (laughs) i'd never get that lucky that's (laughs) badass and then that's every picture i mean at some point, you start praying for rain, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like no, Gandy, Gandy you, like they would have left him in there for seven, and he didn't no, put up. They'd have looked up some rule, and they're like, "Nope, game's canceled." But all of them going stuff. Yeah. They stayed there. <laughs> no, yeah, it was like basically a really long and uh, stressful and depressing bullpen for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then I'll, this year, I'll do a, I'll do a bad, and then a good from this year. This okay. year. Um, Kansas State, obviously, we had um, won the Friday night. So it was actually a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Were they good this year, K-State? <sighs> no, oh, until man. they freaking played us, and then they were <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Like, full credit to those guys. Like, I really think they should have played in the postseason with how hot they were. Like, they were unstoppable. So, it's either the first or second game. I can't remember. It was second game. I came in. And I actually – I closed the game, got the save to to tie for the uh, Big 12 share. So, be, to be right. Big 12 yeah. champions, we were tied with Texas at the time. And so, we win yeah. that game where we share it. And the next game, if we win, it's outright. Right. So, I closed that game, get the save for the share. Next night, comes back. We're up by four, I think, to win it outright. I got the phone call. Of course, I'm going to go in. Um, is this a bad story or a good story? It's a bad story. <laughs> <laughs> so to win the championship outright, I go out there, do what I did the night before, do what I've been doing all year. And I got two outs. They, I, I'm talking about, I had been having a really good year. Really good things were happening. I was like, okay, got this all American thing going. Got to be, you know, um, 
you know, honored, whatever, in the Big 12. They can't touch and me. Then, Let me just throw this thing. Yeah. And then, dude, yeah, for no reason, they I thought they ruined everything that I had created because I, I gave up seven earned and, a, and got walked off in that night. I got two outs, and they put up seven earned on me and a walk-off home run, bro. And, and it was crazy. Like, it was happening – Okay, that I'm like, all right, they got to run, and they're not, you know, it's not gonna happen again. Boom, double. I'm like, okay, that's not gonna happen again. Boom, double. I'm like, what is going on? Single, single. I'm like, this game is freaking tied right now. Like, <laughs> now it's eight to eight, and and that is blown. And I'm just trying to freaking win a game. Is that against that? Is that against Texas? This is against Kansas State. Oh, okay, because so I went and watched Kyle at U of H. Lovely. Yeah. This is another uh, guy from Lufkin. He's a catcher for U of H, and he's actually a damn good defensive catcher. But uh, I went and watched them when they played U, uh, UT. And, dude, UT, they're a bunch of little punks. Mm-hmm. Like, they chirp and they chirp. Like, they're a bunch of little punks. That's why I asked if it was against Texas because I, I can't imagine what those little bastards were saying. <laughs> I got and beat the fuck out of them, and they were they were getting shit out of U of H, and they're still like going nuts. Yeah, did you see um, in the tournament they sent home West Virginia? Did you see what uh, I can't remember what his name was? The pitcher after he closed them out, right? Yeah, no, I, don't, I couldn't tell what he was. It was the guy from the dugout. Oh, oh my god, I didn't see who what he said. I just could tell that he was. What was it? He said, "Go the fuck home" or something like that, right? Yeah, oh, that, I yeah. did see that shit. Like, yeah, after so they, they had lost to West Virginia the day game. before, or something like that, right? Didn't they lose to him the day before or something? Or yeah, they had lost. I can't remember, maybe yeah, I think it was them the day before. And then this this was like an elimination game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or Monday and this I mean, was Wednesday or something. I saw that. And- dude, there's a lot of shit talking going on in baseball nowadays, and there's, and I, I'm all for shit talking. I mean, if you've seen me play, you can ask Kalen or especially his dad. Like, I talk a lot of shit when I pitch, but there's a lot of people, like you said, the guy on the bench. There's a lot of people nowadays that think they're badasses. Yeah. And and they're sitting there screaming dumb shit. It's like, dude, you only got a jersey on under that that BP top. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of that going on. A lot of. I mean, who? What? Uh, what game was that? I wanted to get y'all's opinion on this because I thought it was ridiculous. What game was it? It was. Did y'all see the deal where the dude hit the bomb to go up in the game in the regional in the elimination oh, game? Oh, uh, and the Dallas umpire. Dallas, yeah, yeah, the Dallas Baptist kid. That was y'all's regional. Ball. That was their regional. That was our regional. That was at TCU. Okay, yeah, yeah. Biggest homer of the kid's life. He fucking pimps it as he should. It wasn't even the that crazy. Telling him, "Get the fuck out of here. Keep walking." Terrible. Shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> I might my be telling God. my. Obviously, it was a walk off. Well, the umpire is the one that makes that shit about him. Yeah. And it well, wasn't even like he. It's not like he threw the bat over the backstop. No, we're just he was looking watching at the it. fucking ball fly. And th- that wasn't even that like extravagant. I mean, he kind of watched it. And like turned around and started skipping backwards. And as he was doing that, that's when the guy was like, Get the fuck out. He was like, There, I've seen a lot worse stuff that nobody oh, gave yeah. a shit about. That was like, fucking stupid. Like, like he didn't do the Bregman where he carries his bat all the way to first base kind of deal. Like, nothing like. I mean, give yeah. the kid his well, fucking Hey, what's, what's your opinion on that as a pitcher? Life. Somebody pimps one off of you. Are you, are you putting it in their ribs? No, I mean, oh, okay. I mean, when I this when I put is, you out, this one is. He told me last night on the phone. He said, 
yeah, they're allowed to pimp that, but I'm allowed to put it in their ribs. Like, I mean, for me, when, when I strike you out in a big situation, you're going to know about it. Like, yeah. if, if, if it's going to end the game, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to let out a big yell. I'm going to, you know, do my thing. So if you get one off me, bro, kudos to you. Like, do yeah. your thing. Like, I'm going to celebrate just as hard as you're going to celebrate. So if you get your chance, do it. That's I respect what, it. That's what I was talking about last night, Jordy. Like, I'm, I'm all for the home run pimps. Like, I strike you out, I'm probably going to tell you get the fuck back in the dugout. And if you can, yep. I'm going to expect you to pimp it. Now, don't expect me to just sit there and shake your hand and give you a high five for pimping. <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. I think as long as there, there's a line, right? Like, you pimp your home run and then you put your head down and you run the bases, right? There's a line there. And as long as you don't cross the line, whatever, right? Yeah. Like, I've never. On both sides, right? On both sides. Like I've seen the line crossed in some of these videos on Instagram with high schoolers doing it, but like, but college football, like I haven't seen them cross the line. No. Yeah, you really don't see it in college, and that's a big testament to like the coaches because I know like we're we're definitely not allowed to do that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, and when we do it, it's just like it's big moments, and you know, act like you've been there before. Yeah, I mean, you get to strike out with the bases loaded, you're allowed to fucking go oh, yeah. crazy a little bit, right? But this year, bro, umpires were. Like, I know at the beginning of the year, we were all about, you know, we're going to come out and establish who we are as a pitching staff. And, you know, me and uh, one of our big lefties, Russell Smith, we really, like, we were we pitched with emotion. Like, we'll yell at you. We'll stare you down let you know. And, man, umpires would chase us off the field and, like, warn us. Like, you do that again, like, you're out of here. So, our coach had to, like, set us down. It's like, this is an embarrassing – like, Sasha's like, y'all are embarrassing us, like, this and that. Like, I'm like, we're just trying to be the best pitchers we can be out there. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, so, like, I needed that sometimes, you know, like it was yeah. like, like I'd be up there and I'd be like, fastball's coming, motherfucker. And then it'd be. <laughs> 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 I'm like, well, you still truck out. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question about uh, Schloss again. Um, yeah. So he's obviously coming from a pitching background, he's a pitching guy in, at his heart. How much did he do with the pitchers, or was that did he just leave it to Sarlouis to kind of do his thing? I mean, it ultimately. Um, I mean, he sat in and he watched a lot of bullpens. He critiqued here and there, but a lot of it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah. So a lot of it is it was it was Sarlos. I mean, he's a big league guy, got the big league experience, one of the best, you know um resumes in the country pitching wise so pretty much yeah. he left it to him but at the end of the day when it came game time it was slosh was put in the game who wanted to put in the game and who he had seen throw and have success so i don't think really los had a bunch to say when who went in the game but he was fully there for getting them ready gotcha yeah that makes sense and um, so i know childress handled the pitching coaching duties completely really? right yeah. so it's just a little difference in strategy personality i guess yeah. but hey uh Kaylin, has your dad ever told you about the time that um i was hunting his dub line <laughs> oh yeah i know about that <laughs> full class i'll never forget that oh, uh, yeah. I, I, you're gonna I, share or what's the deal there uh, so <laughs> had to be he's back here listening yeah <laughs> 2011 I'm sitting in government in Coach Foley's class, and that the weekend before, I was I was hunting a kid from uh, Hudson, 
And, you know, we weren't good friends, but I like to duck hunt. And he called me and knew that. He's like, hey, man, I got I got a spot, man. It's loaded. And, you, you know, of course, in Texas, boys, like, there's, there's green heads everywhere. And I was like, all right, where are we going? He's like, it's a special spot. Nobody knows about it. And, you know, I'm like 17, 18 at the time. So I'm like, cool. And he's like, I'll meet you at the at the Polk's, which is a gas station, at whatever time. And we get to it. And, man, it's a nice duck blind. And I'm like, dude, where? A nice duck blind. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, I got the hookup. Well, this is about. Uh, we throw we throw some decoys out, and keep in mind we're like 18 years old. And it's just me and him, I think. And about 30, 45 minutes before uh, daylight, we see some flashlights walking over the water. And I'm like, Sam, <laughs> these dudes are coming that way. And he's like, oh no, that they 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 know not to come around me. And I was like, well, Sam, they're, they're walking straight at us. <laughs> and Sam like uh shines him or something or someone says something and, and uh, Sam's like hey we're in here and they say something back and I and then in the back of my head I'm like man sounds like coach green but I didn't think anything of it and uh, and at the time I didn't even know what hunting club I was really in I didn't even think about it well I'm fast forward to uh that Monday I'm sitting in class and coach green comes to the door and he's like Stubblefield come here and it all hit me all at once oh I was like, that was that was Coach Green. <laughs> <laughs> like, Any yeah. hunting our hole, dude. <laughs> I wasn't hunting it. I got invited to hunt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if I'm not mistaken, then then y'all that was y'all's blind that y'all built. Yeah, we yeah they built it, and they actually I'm pretty sure like my dad's name was on it somewhere. <laughs> Hey guys, real quick before we finish our interview with Halen, a quick reminder that all of our guests are brought to you by Southern Wing Shooters. If you're interested in any kind of outdoor adventures, especially bird hunting, you need to hit them up. They have options for adventures and hunts all over the country. And if getting wet and cold has kind of stopped you from duck and geese hunting over your lifetime, they have options for you too. Southern Wing Shooters is a brand by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen. It's Aggie-owned and operated with the purpose of providing you quality entertainment and outdoor adventures. They also have an assortment of dope sweaters, fishing shirts, hats, polos. I mean, you name it, they got it. Go check them out on Instagram and their online store at southernwingshooters.com. That's southernwingshooters.com. Now, back to the interview. Is there any clarity this year on the draft of how many rounds there's going to be? Because I know it's been kind of up in the air 20. for a while. Is it 20? I think it's like 20. Okay. I knew they cut it back, and I knew they were going more than five again. Yeah. So how much did that, I've heard 20. How, so who, how much did that play into your decision of the five-round draft last year to come back? I mean, yeah, that was tough. Um, they When they dialed down to five, I was like, oof. Because, I mean, that – You're a reliever, I mean. Yeah, and that was – and I had just had my best year. And I'm like, well, do they know that I can just keep doing it and I mean, I talked to scouts. I thought there was a chance. I thought I had maybe had a chance in the fifth to the Blue Jays. Um, didn't work out, but I mean, I kind of I think it worked out for the best that I went back to TCU. Yeah, because you had the choice to kind of put your name in the hat and then come back if you wanted, right? Yeah, because we had that COVID year, right, so right, they right. they told everyone that we could come back. Yeah, because and that was what was kind of confusing to me is I saw so many people going undrafted and just signing 
Like, yeah, I think those are guys are just ready to go. Like, you're like I mean, oh, I get I'm already it. at this age, you know. Yeah, I need to get out and start my pro career. I'll I get, get it. You know, some people, some coaches will rub guys wrong, and they'll be like, "I'll sign for a ketchup package," and yeah. they'll, <laughs> they'll be an old sophomore. And you're like, yeah. "Oh, dog, chill." Yeah. yeah, and I mean, there's also just the baseball lifers too, right? Like the guys that just can't wait to play baseball every day and be that, and like just have that as their life. Yeah, but I don't know. I was just surprised at how many like guys that would have gotten drafted if there were ten rounds just said I'll sign. True, yeah, and I, and I think I, would, I I think that I would have been one of them, but I mean, it was just such a small, you know, selection last year. Yeah. Hey, uh, I meant to show y'all this story and i'm actually making a tiktok of it right now so one of my best friends whenever i got drafted he was drafted as a uh i think i talked about him last time i was on here he was drafted out of high school as a third baseman out of california and he was like my best friend in rookie ball in high a and low a um his name's luke williams so is he the one that just hit the walk off for the phillies look so he got called up dude he fucked me so, oh my me. God, this is a good so, story. So I went to high school with the starting pitcher for the Braves that uh, yesterday, right? And he was my boy. I was his catcher my whole life, and he was about he was in line to get his first career win, and then your boy hit a fucking bomb on him and fucked him over because he <laughs> threw six shutout innings. God damn it! So, so look, I texted him when he got called up, and I said, "Thanks, or you, you know, can y'all read that at all?" Uh, oh yeah, there it is. Hold on, slow down. Wait, 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 bro. Oh, what let's did, fucking what go. Did I, what did I tell you? You yeah. tonight. <laughs> All right, yeah. So I told him he was gonna hit a bomb, and you didn't and, tell him it was gonna be a walk off. God. No, it says it's. A, I said you're gonna pinch it and hit a walk off. Mark my words. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> he didn't pinch hit though. He started. Yeah, he texted. Well, yeah, but he texted me last night and said, "Bro, you called it." Oh shit, dude! Uh, he he robbed my one of my friends of a like one of my good friends of his first career dub. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Halen. Yeah. Hey, uh, so, growing up, did you have a favorite ball club? Um, not really. I mean, around here, you're either a Astros fan or a Rangers fan. Yeah, and I mean. If I had to claim one, I'd probably say Astros, but the closer I got, like, the more I understood the game and, like, maybe I was going to get a chance to go play, I was like, okay, I'm not going to really have a set team. Like, I just want to yeah. be ha- – have a, you know, right. don't have a specific team, but just study the game and love to watch the game as, like, a player, not actually, like, a fan. It's yeah. like when I watch baseball, I, I watch, like – What's this pitcher doing? How is he getting guys out? Or why is this hitter having success? Kind of got away from the whole fan side so that one day if I get to do it, I don't have like, oh, I want to get drafted by them. No, I want to get drafted by anybody. Yeah. Oh, what, the Cardinals uh, will draft you, don't worry. No, yeah. God. What, what, uh, what we were talking about right before you got on here, Halen, is uh, I don't know if you've been lo- watching it. Um, oh, yeah. Good call, Gandy. The stuff that they put on the gloves and the you – know, Oh, yeah. The Garrett Cole stuff. Yeah, the Garrett Cole stuff. And I was telling them, you know, I mean, you 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 know as well as anyone how goofy I am. I used to put pine tar on all my glove, but it was strictly to smell it. What? Like when I'm coaching now, I still put pine tar on, on, on my shirt, like just to smell it, or I'll put it on my hand just to smell it. <laughs> That's weird. 
I couldn't pitch with stuff on my hand. Now in the minor league, I, I knew plenty of guys that had Vaseline or had you know all types of stuff. But it, those were the guys that would sweat profusely and their hands would get wet. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't have that problem. Two, I hated stuff on my hand, and so I thought that would screw me up. So I never even tried it. Yeah, and I, I, I've never dappled with it either because I need to, especially with my new slot, I need. Those guys use it for high RPMs, yeah. but I, I'm a sinker ball guy, so I need low. I need it low, or yeah. not RPMs, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I need mine to be it's low. I need my numbers to be low, and I don't need that extra stick to make them higher and maybe flatten my ball out. Yeah. yeah. What uh? What was your opinion on? Did you see the video of Garrett Cole? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Oh. I don't know. I'm not, I'm no, don't bring it back yeah. up. But basically, I asked him, "Did you ever use Spider Tech?" And he was like, "He said, well, I don't really know how to answer that question. <laughs> you know, uh, some, some, you know, some uh, techniques have been passed down from older generations. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Just all you had to say was no, dude. Like nobody's I mean, gonna. Yeah, just deny it. But isn't yeah. Donaldson yeah, just saying no. that book? Yeah, I think he was quoted in. No, he. I, don't I know think it's Donaldson's uh, book. It's not. I know that he was the guy that basically shot all over Garrett Cole and then got. It's in a book. I don't know if it's Donaldson's book or somebody book. else's. I remember. I remember someone coming out saying like they they have a list of every pitcher in the league that uses and they're gonna. Yeah, it's the whole fucking list. Yeah, every pitcher does it. Like <laughs> yeah, top to bottom. Yeah, like you might find one that doesn't. Yeah. But so I don't know. Before before we let you go, um, so you you were talking about how like you're not really like a true fan of any team, but you say like watch the game and see what guys are doing to get people mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Do you have a I guess number one a guy that you kind of model your game after, and then number two, do you uh, do you not necessarily a fan of, but like guys that you follow, like these are the guys that I like to watch, or and that you don't necessarily model your game after, but they're yeah. like your favorite athletes that you like to watch. No, yeah, um, two that come to mind like so i don't really throw like either of them and i didn't really throw like this till recently so i don't you know watch a lot of baseball during baseball season because that's my life 24 7 right so but like in terms of like if i'm going to model like how someone portrays himself and stuff like that i like to watch marcus stroman like because he just goes out there with swag and yeah he goes out there he knows who he is all five foot ten of them just fucking (laughs) dominate bro so I kind of try to take his mentality into it. And uh, one other guy I like to just watch is uh, Walker Bueller. That dude's a freaking oh, artist yeah. with what he does. Yeah. Every time he's on, I try to watch him just because it's like so it's so easy for him. And I just yes. like to watch yeah. what he does. It's awesome. I just I love the way Walker Bueller he throws like 60, 70 percent fastballs, but they're all every single fastball is different. Every yeah, single time he throws it. He doesn't throw the same fastball any any game. It's wild. Yeah, he's a beast. Um, so I mean, you're a lefty reliever, sidearm guy. I mean, do you get into like the Andrew Millers or the Josh Haters, like those guys that have fucking dominated from the left hand side on the sidearm? Yeah, I mean, people like say me and Hater like kind of have the same delivery, but that dude throws ninety seven ninety seven to hundred miles an hour. I might throw 91 on a good day, yeah. <laughs> saying like, oh, I'll model my game after these guys. Like those dudes 
will do are doing things I'll never be able to do. So for me, it's just finesse and location and just being able to understand pitching, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, hell, Andrew Miller. You might became go to figure created. something. You're 98, 99. That'll be, that'll be the day. Yeah. Andrew Miller created his whole career on throwing 86 mile an hour sliders. So now you just got to. Get Gandy to text you, hey, you're about to throw 99, and then it'll happen. And it'll happen. Yeah. Y'all yeah, got any more questions? Before the Cardinals. Yeah, I was I was going to ask Kalen, what was it like to be recruited by uh, Schloss? I mean, I met him a couple times, and I got to talk to him for a while, and he just seems, like, so smart, so, like, smooth oh, yeah. and, like, really friendly. And, I mean, I'm pretty hardcore A&M, but I was, I was about ready to transfer to TCU uh, just meeting him. So, like, and you said that was one of the reasons he chose TCU. So, like, what, what does he bring from a recruiting standpoint? I mean, I mentioned earlier the guy's a great businessman. I mean, For so sure. when I, from the first time I met him, he even met my family. Like, we all thought we were all best friends. Like, the guy knows how to talk to people. He knows how to get what he wants. I mean, he's really good at what he does. And so the recruiting part was – it was the most – it was fun. It was like the guy's always checking up on you, checking to see how you're doing – making sure you're taken care of this and that. But then when you get to campus, <laughs> now you're a player. Yeah. <laughs> Everything changes. And, and it's so funny to see all the guys come in, like all the freshmen come in, they're all happy, like excited. Or like, just wait, boys. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that freshman year in summer ball, you're like, this Yeah. yeah. So let's go. But yeah, no, that's kind of what I thought, and I think he's going to recruit really well at him. Yeah. Oh yeah, really, really great businessman, really good recruiter. So, with that, like, how long? I guess because obviously, it's a different aspect when you're a player. You just spoke on that. So, how long did it take for you to feel comfortable? I guess around him and around like walking into his office and stuff, right? Right, um, because. I still don't. <laughs> I still don't. <laughs> no, man. I mean, there's so many like things. Like, graduated, going to get drafted, still wouldn't walk into his office no, today. Still, still makes me nervous. Like, and it's funny because, really? like, you bring that up. Like, it's even the most simple things. Like, this year, we all, like, during batting practice, like, we have a playlist. Slosh likes to play, play country. Well, everyone wanted to change it up, get some more high energy. And, like, okay, well, it's – they gave the job to me to go talk to him. And dude, I could not do it. I'm like, dude, we're not playing well right now. Like I can't go talk to this guy. And then one day we're in our stretch lines and coach Ross is like, you got something you want to say to coach Slosh? And I'm like, Nope. He's like, don't be scared. Like, I know you have something. So I was like, what do you want? And I'm like, um, and, so, and Los is like, he wants to change the BP music. They think it's boring. And he's like, so I was like, all you got to do is ask me. Like, it's not that hard. I'm like, no, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, never know. You yeah. never, like, with those guys, you just never know what mood you're going to catch them in. So, yeah. especially on a game day. I got to imagine Childress is pretty similar, right, Gandy? What he just said right there, that's the best way to put it. You never know what kind of mood you're in. Yeah. 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 We'll catch him on a good mood, and he's sitting there, and, you know, you, you kind of loosen up for – those 10 minutes and he's bullshitting with you. And then the next day you come and like, what up coach? He's like, get the hell away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shit.
All right, hey, I'm gonna do a outro real quick for when I go back and edit it. Uh, hey, I don't think you ever introduced him as a TCU pitcher, so you might want to do that before you I stop. I thought recording. I did. You said TCU All American. I think you did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fuck off. You probably were dicking off. I'm on like beer six. So. I got these ranch waters. I ran out like 10, 30 minutes ago. So fucking don't get married, dude, because then you gotta lose all this damn weight that you. Well, you didn't gain any weight in college, just your damn ass, dude. But <laughs> no, I'm getting married. I'm just getting fat. Yeah. So all right. Hey, uh, I appreciate you, you know, jumping on short note. Yeah, yeah no, thanks, for, man. Really appreciate it. I'm glad I, I'm glad I joined. Any time you want to, you know, come on and, and talk. Yeah, or, man. Crap. When you uh, when you're an all star pitcher, don't forget about us. All right. I'll hop back on. Alrighty, guys, that's all we got for today. Appreciate you, Halen and Heath, hopping on today. Gandy, welcome to the club. Officially part of the crew. Anything else y'all got before we go? Nope. All right. Hey, guys, Let's thanks for fucking go. We got Schloss. Yes. Sorry about it. Hell Sorry yeah. about it. But with that, we'll see you on the other side. Take it easy. And when you have something to talk about, tell me.